This is the sports show we've all been waiting for. Connoisseurs of sport features two sports enthusiasts who go beyond statistics to help you interpret the sports you love in new and refreshing ways. The scouts will help you spot players and teams that have the makings of true greatness without having to rely solely on fickle statistics. And the GM will help you understand how what goes on behind the scenes translates into what happens on court or on the field. Get ready, because no one else does it like the connoisseurs of sport. Episode 23. Welcome back, connoisseurs of sport. It is 2016. We are back from a little mini vacation, holiday vacation, and we're back in action in 2016. I am the GM, and I have the scout with me here today. Yes, what's up, folks? We are back. As the GM said, the holiday is over. It's bittersweet for me because I am not a big holiday guy. <laughs> but, but, it is time off from work. That's right. It's the day back. job, folks. The stuff that keeps me from talking to you on a regular basis. <laughs> That's so, right. You know, like I said, but but nevertheless, we are back after a, a, a layoff here. Hopefully everyone had a nice holiday, relaxing one. Um, so, GM, what, what, what you got for today? What do you want to talk about? So I know there was a time in this little time off that we had that we were fired up. We were fired up big time. There was I the week, let's see, the week 15 game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. everybody, it was all the hype. Everyone was fired up. It was it was Josh Norman versus um, Odell Beckham. In, right. in fact, I right. think the game was even labeled Josh Norman versus Odell Beckham. Started. <laughs> I don't even think it was the Giants versus the Panthers. I think the right. Panthers were, you know, heavy favorites. They're going to roll over the Giants, and you know, I, there was some speculation out there. Giants would play them tough, and they ended up doing that. But I think it was the Josh Norman versus Odell Beckham game. And, you know, we here at the Connoisseurs of Sport are a huge fan of Odell Beckham, especially uh, myself, as I crowned him in, a, in an episode or two ago, um, <laughs> <laughs> which we which we're uh, kind of against. But um, so. In the wake of that, we we know we're gonna we're gonna try to skip over all the baseball bat stuff and and the way that you know the the actions that were taken in, in that game between mm-hmm. uh, Norman and, o- and Odell. But what we want to look at is the hype surrounding um, Josh Norman leading into that game. Um, and uh, I know you've done a lot of research on this scout for this for this particular episode we're about to do. So, um, what yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say what we're gonna do is we're just gonna look at all the because because what we're coming from is I think we um, I think the media really crowned Josh Norman um, as this shutdown corner. Right, um, there's a lot of that that happens. Um, yeah, that he's elite and all that thing. So maybe we're going to expose that a little bit. Uh, is that true? Uh, is it not true? So I think we're going to expose that a little bit for what it really is. And uh, right. So right. I, I'll tell you this: um, going into that game, like you said, there's a lot of you know Josh Norman hype. He's the the new thing, right? 
He's the yes. new quotation shutdown corner on the block. Shutdown corner. And right. before you go, from the from the layman's perspective, from mm-hmm. the perspective of the viewer watching the game on Sunday, um, I think what we saw is, and I just laid this quick outline, and then I'll let you get rolling. Um, I think what we saw was there there was a big play. Uh, Odell Beckham had Josh Norman one on one. Mm-hmm. And I believe he killed him. I mean, he killed him. I believe it was like a double move, something like that. Yeah, it was a stop uh, and go route. Yeah, stop and go route. He killed him. Eli threw a beautiful pass. And very unlike Odell, he dropped the ball. Oh, you're talking about the first quarter. Yes, the um, first quarter. One. Oh, that's that was a zone. That was a zone. Yes, that was a zone. And um, the safety really uh, – Odell beat him. It, it was an intersection point um, with he and the with the with Norman and the safety. Okay, now I wasn't totally sure in watching that play whether it was I believe it was a cover three. But that's okay. kind of, kind of difficult to determine without knowing the call. I don't know okay. what's called, but um, nevertheless, there's an intersection point where the safety's at a certain depth, and he intersects with Josh Norman. Okay, and. The safety peeled off because there was a route that undercut really what what was essentially a go okay. um, for Odell. It, that wasn't a double move. That was really sh- a, almost a straight go. Just a straight route. Okay. Right. Right. And, and, and as I'll get into this, um, Josh Norman plays a specific way, and it's it, it fits into their scheme. He's a scheme corner. Um, so it, on that play, right? He he smoked Josh Norman. Um, but I believe Josh Norman could reasonably expect safety help. Okay. Okay. So we had a breakdown. We had a breakdown. Yeah, yeah, a mild one from what I could see. Um, okay. So that play was a little different. Um, the play I thought you were talking about was the one that the touchdown. Go ahead, touchdown, which was one of the very few times um, I saw because um, I looked at four games of Norman, and I'll get into that. It was one of the very few times I saw Norman and. Head up, man to man coverage. Okay, what I would call shut down corner style coverage, and that's what I was going to say. Uh, shut down corner. What is the definition of a shut down corner? A guy mm-hmm. is it to you a guy a corner that you can leave on the best wide receiver on the field all day, uh, follow him around no matter what position he's in, whether right. he lines up in a slot or outside. Is that what we're talk- talking about a shutdown corner is? And by the sounds of it already, uh, Josh Norman has the safety help. Um, yes. And he's in a lot of zone schemes. So from what I'm hearing you saying already is that Josh Norman's not a shutdown corner. Is that what no, we're saying? No, he's not. No, he's not. not no. Okay. No. He um, He's a scheme corner, a zone corner, and he's great at it. Look. I have gone on record. I've said several times he's having a great year. He's great at the point of attack, which um, zone corners or really good to great zone corners are. You think Richard Sherman and guys like that. They're great playing the ball, right? Right. Um, So, you know, this is not to slam Josh Norman. It's more to elevate the, the, the few, the very few or the small set of actual shutdown corners the game has seen. I think they're marginalized. Right. Um, you know, um, the, I'm going to get to, you know, the Darrell, the Darrell Revises and Deion Sanders are the two that really come, I think, to the forefront um, mm-hmm. of my mind. And I'll even talk some Champ Bailey who never gets discussed. Right. Um, but these are guys 
that are in your face on an island terminology we like to say and when they play that way they allow the defense or the other 10 guys it, more most most specifically the safety the free safety it frees him up and it frees the coordinator up to do some really good things with that extra man um it, it, it's almost you know it's it's like um uh it, I, I believe it's like they said with, with Dion was where it first came up where he takes away a third of the field and then you have 10 guys to cover the, the, the other thirds. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the same thing with Revis. And, and I, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get more depth in depth because there's some other guys I want to talk about that play that shutdown role that may not be as successful as the two all-time greats, in my opinion, Deion Sanders and, and Darrell Revis. Right. And you have guys that are um, uh, uh, maybe you have a, a, a Champ Bailey, Bailey tier. Mm-hmm. Right, because Chant played at a, at a remarkable level for three, three to four years, I believe. And then you have guys who are shut down corners, but they aren't as successful. Okay, okay. so like Patrick Peterson Patrick comes Peterson, to mind. Like Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden, yeah. Right. Now, see, the thing is with them, they allow their defense that flexibility. They allow that because they can slow a top receiver down for the most part. They can slow him. But they okay. are not like Dion and, 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 and Chant was for three to four years in the early 90s. Or, or Revis, where they're not only going to allow you flexibility, but they're going to play in the, the best receiver's face, and and they're going to shut them down. Okay, so if we're talking that these guys are the elites, are we? Have we been victimized again by the media and oh, the yes. and the uh, the forcing of the next great, where they want to push, you know, the next. <laughs> guy into greatness and crown him quickly and he is the next great type thing. Yes. Is that we've been yes. It's media and it's well chronicled how I feel about the media. Um they want a story. Right? right. And also you look at like um you look at Norman um who will talk to the media. I'm gonna be kind. Yes. Um Richard Sherman, they're good copy. So these are guys you want to follow. You want the, they, their story because they feed into it. Um, now, here's the thing about defensive back. Um, we don't see what defensive backs are doing 90% of the time when we watch football. They're out of the frame. Right. So you don't know what's going on. You don't know where the safeties are. You can't see that on the broadcast angle. So no one really knows. So as... In other walks of life, you kind of rely on people rely on the media to tell them who's who and what's what. Right. They, we turn on ESPN right. morning and we see that Josh Norman has been hyped up as the best corner in right. the league. That phase too. Right. Because they'll, they'll crunch these numbers. I believe I saw something uh, where it said this would really make me look into it. it. It was they were giving me uh quarterback ratings for when certain defensive backs were thrown at. So the quarterback rating against Josh Norman is something really low, and that may lead the league, and that automatically turns into Josh Norman is the best corner in the game. It's the whole stat thing which drives us nuts. Right. And I believe that's where some of this comes from. Okay, so so we could argue, and this is what we're doing here now is breaking this down, is if we want to lean on stats, we got to lean on why. That stat is the way it is. Always, right, it's always context. Exactly. Yeah. If I'm on an island, if I'm Joe Hayden, 
Okay, and, and my defensive coordinator is asking me to cover the best receiver every week and follow him around, whether you be inside, uh, in the slot, um, left, right, uh, field, boundary corner, what we call them, field meaning strong side, boundary meaning short side or weak side of the field. Um, so these guys are asked to play everywhere. Footwork's different on, in every place you go. As we know in the slot, receivers have a two-way go, or if they shorten their split from the outside. There's so many things that shut down corners have to, to account for and go through. That's why I don't like it really bothers me when we compare um, guys like Norman and, and, and Sherman to the guys that are really out on the limb. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are asked to do things. I mean, I've seen Joe Hayden put on Jimmy Graham. Yeah. That, you know, and it's like, okay, if Jimmy Graham catches some passes on Joe Hayden, are you really looking at Josh Norman and saying, yeah, but the quarterback rating when you throw at Josh Norman is lower than it is and you throw at Joe Hayden. So right. Josh Norman is better. Josh Norman ain't on <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy Graham. Right. Right. And you without know? help and on that island right. that we're talking about. Exactly. I mean, I just like thinking back. I know you remember this. They would put Champ Bailey on Antonio Gates when Gates was really. Yeah. At, at the, the prime of his career. career. Right. And he would shut Gates down man to man. And Gates is what has Champ by what? 80 pounds? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also wanted, speaking of that, when you talk about a big body guy like that, they don't really have to get open. No, they use their body to really? block out defenders, and that's... I, would have, I would say that if you put uh, Joe Hayden on Jimmy Graham, he's open from Jump Street. Yeah, that's right. So you, they have to get around the girth too. So we really need to watch it, okay? Yeah. And people would think I was crazy saying that uh, Joe Hayden was better than Josh Norman. They would think I was nuts. But what you really need to do, and like I like you said, GM, I spent a lot of time in the All Twenty Two, and it is a tedious process. And because that's the only way you're going to see what the scheme is, what kind of safety help a guy has, what kind of coverage he is in truly. Because the NFL defenses are great at disguising things. And you really can't make this assertion or you can't crown people without seeing that because we don't see defensive back play and the relationship between a corner and the safeties and things like that. So, Okay, so before we get into what you saw there, there's... uh... There's a point I wanted to bring up um, that I wanted to touch on just a little bit more before we moved into that. The physicality of a corner. So um, we talked about Dion and we talked about Revis being like our two elites that we're we're kind of talking about right now. Um, yes. From different... what I've been able to see, you know, I, I wasn't around for Night Train Lane and people like that. Yeah, right, right. All my, right. All my, my older audience, please forgive me. Right. Um, yes. We're talking about yes. the last four decades now. Right. Hey, bro. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm going to leave some people out. I am because I, I haven't seen everything. You know, I'm thinking of Aeneas Williams of uh, used to play for Arizona. the Cardinals. Uh, you yep. know, the, yeah, he was a man to man guy. Um, you know, things the the guys out there that don't get the acclaim, right? Okay, so uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to talk about everyone, but yeah, we're focusing a little more on recent, right. recent. The so, people that get the press, we're going to talk about, right? Okay, so uh, what I was talking about there was uh, Dion and um, Revis being two shutdown corners. Yes, but but really two different physical wise physicality. I mean, I was just looking at a little bit of Revis stuff, and one of the advantages you have with him as well is, and we were talking about this, is 
the ability to put a hit on and force things to different sides based on his physicality. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Dion was more that finesse guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot, I think a lot of knock on him back in the day was he doesn't like to hit. He can't tackle. Right. You know, you remember that he can't tackle, uh, you know, so he was that finesse guy. So it's interesting that just two of the elites that we're talking about are so different in that physicality department. Right. Yeah. And all players are different. You know, they, they did it differently. Right. Um, like you said, Rivas was much more physical. Right. So, so I'll put it this way. Dion, the thing that made Dion unique well, a lot of things made him unique, but really what really even maybe set him apart from Revis to me is the big playability, meaning Dion can turn a game around with the pick six. Yes. And Dion was so gifted. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of, of, of talk regarding his legend that he would allow, a, he would, you know, allow some space or some separation between he and the, and the defensive back to bait the quarterback and the throw, right. and then he would jump it. And I mean, you, know, I, you know, that's what you hear. Um, and there is some evidence where you would think that's the case, but, you know, I, again, that, I'll chalk that up to legend. But the point is, Dion, again, if you threw at Dion, right. it was a matter of time before he not only picked you off, but took it to the house. Took it to the right. house. And that's so funny you bring that up because I know – uh, wa- remember watching him, and I know you're going to agree with this uh, wholeheartedly, but all the talk was about Dion during the game and will the quarterback throw at him. And when you saw that quarterback preparing to throw against him, that it was so exciting because you'd hold your breath like, oh, I can't believe he, he – is he doing it? And he did yeah. it. And then, you know, and then there's Dion coming up and, you know, picking it off and then taking it into the end zone. And you would just like hold your breath like – and you'd be like shaking your head, like, "Why would he do it? Why did he do it?" Right. And it was so exciting that time when to watch against Dion, uh, because just that big play ability—not only knocking down balls or getting a pick, but that big play ability. I mean, open field runner. I mean, yeah. Is there any better? He was remarkable. I mean, he would high step faster than people would run, and he's a professional football player, so they can all run. Right. You know, he was remarkable and and just one of the most gifted athletes I've ever seen. Yeah. So, and the thing about the NFL is, it, it really, if you you don't want your opponent getting big plays, whether it be offensively the chunk plays. That's why you see so many so many guys, you know, playing back, or you see safeties over the top. No one wants to give up the big play because what you want is for the if you're playing defense, you want an offense to have to sustain a drive because there's more opportunities for you to stop them. Right, right. Right? You don't want the sudden change in a game. And that's what Dion gave you. And we're, and we're back to the defensive side. But look, you could be up 10-3. You make a mistake with Dion, the game's tied. Now it's tied, yeah. And right. momentum has shifted. Right. Your offense does not have to come on the field. Uh, let's say he picks the ball. Like Rebus will pick the ball off, right? Or, or your, your mere mortals will pick the ball off and, you know, great. They, they go down offense comes on the field, right? Then it's incumbent upon the offense to capitalize. Right. Right. Okay, great. Well, in Dion's case, a lot of times, you don't need that second element. Right. It's a pick six. Right. right? So, right. yes, he, just as far as impact, I don't think anyone is, 
necessarily in his league. Um, Rivas, again, is different because he, and we talked about it, he allows the defense to do so many other things, especially when you have that extra safety because you don't have to help Rivas at right. all. You right. don't okay. have to help him. So you can move that safety in the box, right? And, and, and just touching on that, when you move a guy in a box, I think a lot of people think, okay, you're trying to stop the run. You want to stop the run, and you do. But also, mm-hmm. when you have a safety that's shallow or in the box, it also clutters the intermediate and, 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 and the field in between the numbers when it comes to the passing game as well. Okay. Right? So, so it's an extra defender in the way. Right. Hands up, possibly right. passing lanes defended. Yeah, it's less uh, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, and I don't think the, the extra man in the box, I don't think it gets talked about enough from that standpoint. And it, it, just in case, it, there's a great article. Um, there's a website, um, NFL Philosophy, I believe it is, GM. Okay. And they have a – he the guy who I – I can't think of the guy who's responsible for it, but I believe he was a former um, – he used to work in, within the NFL – but he has a great article about, he calls it the Revis effect. And he kind of goes into, it's not, it's not too long if anyone wants to go and, and read right. it. It's, it's a really quick read, but it, it's really dynamite um, oh, when it comes great to article. explaining the, the impact that guys like Revis have and Dion have. And, and also uh, the, the real difference on Revis' side and where you would give him a leg up on Dion is like you said, the, the physical nature. Uh, Revis will get in there and tackle you. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a video clip on that article as well. Right. Uh, of him playing the run, coming up and playing the run. It's more the it's more in the red zone. I think it's about from the five yard line, but he's playing the run and he comes up and blasts a running back. No hesitation, uh, right? And that's a yeah. running back. We're not talking about you know tackling a slot receiver. It's a guy. So you can you can use him as a, a force player or an outside leverage guy, meaning um, he he can be responsible for outside runs, which adds another dimension. Meaning right. he can funnel the runner back into. You know your 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 linebackers and back into the floor. The guys you want making tackles. So it, it's not like you know Dion. You know he gets knocked. You know Dion will tell you, look, I didn't get paid to tackle. I got paid to cover, and that's fine. I got no problem with that. Right, it's right. kind of highlighting where they're a little. You know where they're different. The little differences. Um, and it's, right. what you just pointed on is such a huge thing. And I, I'm going to say it again: is uh, that that physicality, the the ability to read, come off his man quickly and mm-hmm. force a runner in back inside to the linebackers mm-hmm. or whatever because he will hit you he can tackle uh and that changes that changes a possible big playability just because of that his presence to come off his guy and be able to be there and help with outside well and also it's important because when he's on that island you know, you would think if you you can shift your defense more because you don't have to worry about him not tackling, right? That's so true. you know, even from that standpoint, you don't have to help him, right? That's true. Yeah, right? that's so, the it, the it, article really breaks it down beautifully. It does. Uh, it does. What we're saying and what you see, and it gives you a true appreciation after you read that and you see that and you see the different formation that the guy shows in the article. Uh, of how he truly is by himself. And the one that he references in that article uh, is the game that he tore his ACL in. So it shows him before and after. Right, um, right. How the defense 
the right, defense the lined up changed. with safeties and all that stuff before right. and after Revis was in the game and out. So it's really, really a true perspective of how he's used, why he was the highest paid corner. I, right. He might still be the highest paid corner, but either way, um, why he really is as valuable as he is. Right. And, and, and this is just, I mean, and getting to some of the other guys. And, and like I said, I am really here to, I really like to carve out the all timers, the, the, the guys in any sport that are truly great. Because I think we, we, we really get to putting these crowns on people like we talked about earlier. And, and, and it's not fair to the guys that, okay, play this shutdown role. So if we move down the totem pole a little, so if I look at a guy like Patrick Peterson, and like I said, we were talking about Joe Hayden, those guys. Yeah. They, they play on that island. Yeah, they do. They're not Revis and Dion where they're going to completely stone a receiver, but they will slow a guy down. Right. And allow you, you, the other aspects of your other players on your defense to operate freely and in other other ways. So they are, I would put them ahead of the Josh Normans and the Richard Shermans who, who and I have Sherman ahead of Norman as well. Um, first of all, Norman hasn't done it long enough. And I think right. Sherman is better at the point of attack than Norman is. Um, but it, another thing that's interesting is it's funny how the zone corners talk the most. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up, too, because that's one of the things we wanted to talk They're about. the most talkative bunch. Why is that? Yeah, so we hear a lot from Sherman. We hear a lot from Josh Norman. In fact, Josh Norman likes to bring up, bring up people's paychecks and things like yeah, that. Uh, Josh we'll Norman that, is, yeah, Josh Norman is. a little bit. Um, but you, Revis is quiet as a mouse. Now, Dion... <laughs> Dion liked to talk. Dion did, but it was but it wasn't mean spirited. Right, it wasn't. Dion was, was having fun. Yes, he was having fun, um, and and there is a difference. Um, yeah, it, Sherman, it Sherman's out there. Uh, I think he got into it with Crabtree yes. at one point. I think it was. I think it was a little bit over the top, a little bit too much from a from a from my perspective. I thought it was more. It was more than fun, as we like, because we like fun. Yeah, sure. At the connoisseurs, we love having fun. And I well, you know where was... I draw the line. Uh, Gia, let me just say where I draw the line is when on the field stuff is fine. I think it should stay on the field. Ah, right. okay. Things like that. Once you go to the media, they put a mic in your face, and you start talking about stuff that happened on the field. Yes. Start talking about people's paychecks. That's yeah. where you lose me. Yeah, I ain't with that. And the words I've used to describe that, I can't use. Yeah, okay. I, that's a great cutoff. That, that's a great... And if you look at going cutoff. back to Norman, right, um, after the incidents and things went haywire with he and Odell, look at the post-game press conferences. Odell, yeah. whatever he thought about what he did, didn't mention any of that. Right? Right. right. Didn't talk he about was... any of that what went on on the field outside of, you know, it's a rough sport, we played hard. So, you know, those kinds of things. You protect I... what goes on on the field. Now, Josh Norman, when the media came in, I get all these personal attacks. And see, that, and again, we're kind of going outside of what we normally do. I'll, I don't like that. I don't like it. And like I said, I can't use the words that really yes. <laughs> do this yeah, behavior I, justice. It's... Yeah, it's really, really bad. I think Josh Josh Norman attacked Odell Beckham's work ethic. It was all kinds of ridiculous stuff. You know, the the dancing is just—it was terrible. 
Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's what really made me say, all right, let me look and see how good this guy really is. Okay, and so that's where we're about to get to. That's um, the genesis of this episode, folks. Yeah, this is the genesis. This is where we're trying to separate the elites from what the media is trying to tell us is elite. And so we're trying to decipher the differences. Um, right, so should we go into what I saw? Yeah, I want to know what you found. I want to know what you found. And I want to start off by bringing this up first. Um, we know that Revis is on an island and Dion's on an island. So that means if we're going to say... Revis, we need you to cover Sammy all game. Now, we know um, Sammy is an elite wide receiver, really, really coming into his own. Once he started yes. asking for the ball, they started throwing to him, so he's coming into his own. <laughs> right. Revis, I know one thing we want to talk about was age. Uh, you know, he, Revis had Sammy, but my point here is Revis will stay on Sammy whether he lines up in the slot, uh -huh. whether he lines up outside. Right. So I think this is a and Sammy had a great game against Revis. Uh, yeah, the last game he had like eleven catches, right? Yeah. Right, hundred thirty plus yards. Right, exactly. So you know, age comes into play. Sammy is like twenty three, I think. <laughs> right, Sammy. So Sammy has young boy juice. Yeah, Jarrell Revis is thirty. So 30, yeah, Darrell's had a, a knee surgery as well. Um, you know, he, he's he's not the twenty six year old Darrell Revis, right? Uh, he is not, and uh, so. But there's no hot look. <laughs> Again, we're talking about a guy who gave no, didn't give an inch to elite wide receivers. Okay, it may be at age thirty, right? The upper echelon guys may be able to get the best of him every now and then. Right. I mean, even going back to Sammy, the game they played against the Bills before, I believe the Thursday night game. Even though Sammy didn't have a big statistical game, he was giving Revis trouble. Yeah, yeah, right. So. You look at that and you say, "All right, young guy, it's the it's the old lion thing, you know, on the hill. The yeah. young guys are coming. For, the young lions are coming for you, right? Trying to push them off, trying to push right. them off the hill." But, but my point was, and I, and this is, I think, a good lead in for what you saw is my point was that he'll stay with him whether he's outside, he's in the slot. Mm -hmm. Now, do we see Josh Norman? If he's his own guy, we we think okay, he's not going to stay with a guy the whole game. And I know you're going to back this up for us with some stuff that you found. But does he play in the slot at all? Do we ever see him there? Go ahead. This is all you. No. I think over the four-game stretch, and I chose um, those games. It was Dallas was the first one because we had Des Bryant. Um, then you had the Atlanta game where they completely destroyed Atlanta. Um, oh, yeah. Julio Jones in that game. Then you had the Giant game with Odell, the infamous game. And then you have Atlanta, the, the next Atlanta game. Where Atlanta, you know, took a game off of the Panthers and knocked them from the undefeated ranks. Okay, right. Um, I saw him in the slot over those that four game stretch, maybe three times. Okay. <laughs> End of discussion. That's that's it. That's all I need to hear. He does not. He's an outside zone corner, and I would say he's in a zone. I'm going to go. I think I had him around seventy percent of the time. Seven, so seventy, and that would be being generous. Wow, because some, like I said, sometimes you don't know what the call is, and you're not sure. Even when he wasn't in zone, he, he does not play press man. Okay, he'll if he lines up over the top of a receiver, he he's a he's a he's a zone bail corner. So even if he is in man, 
he's going to bail, bail. And what I mean by that is wow. he's going to line up like he's going to jam or he's going to line up in a press position. Okay, right? Yep. And then he'll quickly drop. Okay, to get to his landmark or to take away the deep ball. Okay, that's what he does. He And he also, in their scheme, um, plays outside leverage 90% of the time, meaning he takes the sideline away and funnels the receiver inside. Okay, so okay. right then and there, right there, you're looking at a guy who doesn't have who's a certain specific set of responsibilities. So what you're telling me is there's a lot of dependency that he's forcing a guy outside. There's dependency on help for the inside, any inside yes. movement. Or- That's what I'm saying. Yes. It's, he, and, and I believe even uh, Roddy and, and Julio went on record as calling him a cover two corner, which he is. And again, oh, wow. there's no shame in this. And by the way, getting Julio talking is really interesting. <laughs> That's what I do. Look, I saw that. I said he must. Josh Norman must really be annoying because who? Yeah. Radio chirp, you know, radio chirp, and, 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 and do some fun things and do some talking. But Julio, Julio we don't hear from come. Julio much at all. No, that's what I said. This guy has to be annoying. Yeah. Um, it, there's another talk. word that comes to mind, but we, we, well, we, yeah, we, no, we, I'm trying to. This is a family show. Right. <laughs> this is a family show. We'll keep it PG. <laughs> At, right, at worst. But, but yeah, he he um he is not lining up over a guy where he has to take away a two way go. He does, you know, he has to stay with the receiver. Also, with with um zone corners, another thing that's important to note is that they face the quarterback. Right. So when you're bailing, you're looking in the backfield. You have help over the top. Okay, with him, ninety nine percent of the time he has help over the top. Okay. Okay. So when you are looking in at the quarterback, you can see the ball coming. So that's yes. why you'll see a lot of a lot of people like latching onto the interception stat. I heard a lot of this when when with Sherman. That Sherman's better than Revis, um, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of that came directly from Sherman. But you know, <laughs> this idea, you know, I've had this amount of interceptions over this amount stretch of time. Revis hasn't done this. Yeah, well, um, but this is a Revis, very good point. Yeah, this Revis is a, is very a good press point. man corner. Okay, meaning his back is to the line of scrimmage. So much like a receiver, he's he has to turn and locate the ball. Right. This is another reason Dion was so great. It's harder to pick the ball off when you're a press man corner. It is. You right. may you may get the passes defense, so you may lock a guy down in their cases where they're not open, but you're not going to register the same interception numbers that an elite zone corner will. And, and again, I don't want to sit here and act like Sherman is Sherman is an elite zone corner. If I'm playing cover three scheme, that's the guy I want. Right. Right. But man to man with, where you really up the risk and where your best athletes, your best corners, the guys who can, who can turn their hips, who can open up, who can change directions, who have loose hips, they call it. Right. These are your greats. So and what you're I saying not is putting, a zone corner, Josh Norman, who everyone thinks is great. I'm not putting him in that class. I'm not putting him anywhere near that class. And I keep leaving Champ Bailey out. Champ Bailey's another one. Yeah. Just to rewind right. a couple seconds ago, because I think you made a really, really valid point, so I kind of want to just push this in, is um, I'm just going to say it another way, more of a, a GM way, is um, – these elite corners that are out there by themselves on these elite wide receivers, they have and tight, end, and tight end sometimes and tight ends. Yep. Right. And they have their backs turned to the line of scrimmage a lot more because they are running with the wide receiver or tight end. Right. And whereas 
they have to quickly turn around and play the ball when the receiver is turning around or running their route to play to catch the ball. Right. And whereas a zone guy can kind of backpedal a little more and keep their eyes on the quarterback's eyes. Yes. And you'll see them react to the quarterback, you know. And they can react to the quarterback because right. they know they have help in the back pocket. Yes. Uh, uh, to to bail them out if needed or help, should we say. Right. You really, it really, it, it's, it's, the zones are matchup zones now, like they call them in basketball, where if a guy comes into your area, then you kind of match up with him and you kind of play a, a sort of a soft man. Right. Um, but if there's no guy in your zone or you don't locate a guy, you're free to kind of, you know, follow the quarterback size, maybe, you know, move and, and bracket a guy and help a guy out. There's, there's a lot more flexibility. Whereas guys like Revis, Joe Hayden, we keep saying the names, Patrick Peterson, um, Chris Harris in Denver, um, plays a lot of man to man. Um, and anyone I leave out, I apologize because there are a lot of guys that really stick their nose in and, and play this kind of coverage. Um, like you said, they're turning and running. Their priority is not letting this receiver get open. Get open. Right. Right. It's, and, such, a, it's such an important point to understanding the difference, like you said, in interceptions. And I know you said it, but I just wanted to bring it up again and just. Yeah. Because it's so important. I, people just really need to realize that, oh, he had nine interceptions this year. Well, how did we go about getting nine right. interceptions? Right. What, are, what are we doing? So, I mean, and that's what we do here at the Connoisseurs of Sport. We try to say, why? Why? Yeah, and I'll tell you, um, also, when you go into the slot, okay, I think they used to put Rivas on Wes Welker. <laughs> I mean, it's like, this is a guy, these guys are tough to handle in a slot where they can be off the line of scrimmage. So it's harder to get your hands on them because they, they have a, you know, a cushion there because they're off the line of scrimmage and they have a two way go, meaning you don't have the sideline as your friend. Yeah. Right. So again, you have to have fluid hips, be able to turn and run quickly and change direction. It, it's it's a different it's just a different game those guys are playing it just is and I think we all need to acknowledge that and really give these guys more credit than we do and stop kind of lumping the zone corner in with guys that are that are, that are that are playing this way it's just right it's unfair to them I'll say and um you know I did want to talk about the giant game a little more since it was the game. Right, that was that was yeah. the big dog. I'll tell you this because I saw a lot of people saying because Odell didn't have any catches in the first half, right? No catches and a lot of people. No catches oh. in the first half, just a drop. That's all we know. Yeah, the drop, right? The long ball. So right. a lot of people were saying, okay, and this is the assumption you get. Okay, well Norman, Norman shut him down, right? Because the assumption is Norman is on. Odell because he's a shutdown corner and we have visions of Revis in our head, Deion Sanders. I, right, right, I know where you're going. I know exactly where right. you're going with it. Well, again, we cannot on a broadcast handle, angle, from a broadcast angle, we can't see where the defensive back, the, the cornerback is unless he's in the slot or inside or there's a reduced split, with, meaning the receiver is not wide. Okay. Okay, right. so when we talk split, I, 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 meaning he's a certain amount of yardage away from the tackle or tight end, whoever is the furthermost, furthest outside on the line of scrimmage. Right. You right. Have, um, you know, the distance between that guy and the wide receiver is your split distance. Okay. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, I, but I have a feeling Ruben Randall's name is going to come up here soon. Well, are we talking about the touchdown when he was wide open? 
<laughs> well, well, you know, kind of yeah, well, the thing about that, that was a blown coverage where the guy jumped Hakeem Nicks, of all people. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I looked at that again. I can't give that to, to o- Odell. Yeah, the safety jumped Nicks and blew the coverage on Randall. Okay. okay. And see, this is what you get in zones when you have guys free. It's 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 an instinct thing, too. Um, Ed Reed comes to mind. Ed Reed would always be in places you didn't expect him. Because he was he was free to roam, right? So it's an instinctual thing. So sometimes you will see a guy wide open in the Ravens, <laughs> you know, in the Ravens game. You go, "What happened?" Well, because yeah. Ed Reed had a hankering, right? <laughs> he read a key, and maybe he was wasn't where he was supposed to be. But the thing about Ed Reed is, eight times out of ten, he always his instincts were on point. Right, he was right, and I believe Tom Brady said, "You know, I, he scares me because I don't know where he is. He's never where he's supposed to be." <laughs> right, all time great Ed Reed. We love Ed Reed. But getting back to uh, what we're talking about here, um, in the first half, okay, I know everyone thinks Josh Norman shut Odell down, but Josh Norman was on Odell half of the time. And when I say on him, I mean lined up in his vicinity on his side. Oh, you don't mean manned up on him. You're oh, of course not. Just no, on his side. Only 50% of the time in the first yeah, half. Yeah, dude, I had it as 24, and these are only passing plays I looked at. 24, 21 passing plays in the first half. Norman was in Odell's vicinity. 11 of those 21. Wow. Okay. So right there, we it's a myth that he right. shut him down single-handedly. Yeah. Okay, so you can attribute Odell's um, first half performance to one. I think he was a little out of sorts because of some of the pregame antics that we found sure. out. About. Sure, he was a little worked up, a lot of, right. a lot of stuff mean, going through his head. Right, and, and and a great scheme, right? I mean, look, the scheme works. That's and true. Josh Let's Norman not take away from the Panthers' team. defensive scheme. No, and I'm not taking away from Josh Norman being a vital cog in that scheme. But to make the leap <laughs> to, you know, Chant Bailey, Darrell Rivas status is absurd. Right, right. He's not that guy. Okay, and then you look at the second half, it was a little different. I saw, I, I, I counted 26 pass plays, 23 of which Norman was in the vicinity of Odell Beckham. Now, here's the rub about that. In the second half, because I think Odell had, what, 70 yards, five catches, something like that in the second half. Now, here's the thing, and overtime, because it was an overtime. Here's the thing. Out of the 23 times, okay, that Norman was on, I'll just say it, just on Odell, three of those 23 was some sort of man coverage. Three of the 23, that's an right. incredibly low percentage it of man coverage. 13%. If you want to do the math. Okay. So when he was on him, it wasn't man cover. So he had help in some form. Well, it, he was just in the zone. In his zone. Okay. Yeah, help is a different animal because of the three, two of the three man coverages, he yeah. had over the top help and he was in bail technique. Bail was, technique. Right. So take what away do you the mean by bail technique? It means he lines up as if he's going to in the press position. Yep. Okay, and then he quickly drops back. You'll see it. Okay, that's why gotcha. they call it bail. You're bailing out. Okay, and gotcha. what he does is he opens his hips and takes away the side, takes away the sidelines. So he's playing out, outside leverage, bail, bail man coverage. That's two of the three. And the one time he played head up man coverage, the one time, by my count, was the touchdown Odell had had when he smoked him. 
Right. And you're dealing with a quarterback, a very, very good quarterback in Eli Manning, right? Who's going to yep. recognize that and see that man to man and say, okay, we got him. Yep. And, and I believe, not I believe, I know Eli went on record as saying, again, someone who doesn't talk. It's, it's strange that Josh Norman brings it out of people that don't talk this way. Right, Eli yeah, never Eli, says anything. Eli says, you know, he doesn't play man. And when he did, we got him. And I'm yep. like, whoa, Eli. That's great, though. Isn't it? So that it kind of great. sheds a light on what kind of person and player you're dealing with with Josh Norman. But the point being, Josh Norman is not a shutdown corner. He rarely plays man-to-man. He is a system, zone system corner. And he is playing great. A great zone. In that system. capacity. Yep. Yes. But he is not lining up and locking people up man to man. So can we please stop? Okay, making this connection between he and the greats right. that we've discussed, and don't even compare him. In my opinion, I don't want to hear him in the same sentence as some of the other guys, the Petersons, and and, and like I and again, we belabor the point. Peterson, Joe Hayden, uh, um, Chris Harris, guys. I don't want to hear him in that conversation. The risk isn't there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, it's it's funny when we when we do this type of stuff, and and I guess we're kind of uh, uh, trailing off here. I think we're we're coming to the end times of this <laughs> podcast. But the thing that runs through my head is you're saying, you know, uh, don't don't put him up there. But I have uh, Dennis Green running through my head. Uh, if you want to crown him, crown him. <laughs> uh, you know, I just I love that. I love that. Um, Someone that, give Dennis Green a job so we can get the press conferences, please. All right. The press conference is great. If you want to crown him, you can crown him. But uh, they let him off the hook. So right. let's not yeah. let Josh Norman off the hook. No. So easy here. He's a great uh, uh, corner within the scheme that he's in. Yes. Uh, but let's let's look a little further. I challenge the our connoisseurs to look a little further into what we're seeing and what the scout uh, is seeing and uh, just consider it. I'll say just consider it. I mean, everyone isn't going to spend what uh, what is it seventy dollars for the NFL Rewind package, and everyone's not going to sit down and look at the All Twenty Two. Right. It, it is tedious. It is. Um. But you know, just kind of be open. Or, no, I'll put it this way: Let's respect the true greats. Yeah, and the guys that are out there really and truly putting it on the line. Right. Let's see a di- let's see the difference. Let's yes, recognize let's just the entertain the idea that the media may be blowing smoke. Yep. Right. Okay. And really, uh, I mean, I can talk about this for days. There's so many things I can go through as far as the breakdown of where where guys line up. Norman. Uh, um, when he was in bail, when he was in cover three, cover two, uh, you know, when you when you chart this stuff, you, you kind of see that. When he had help, because he always has inside help, it's things like that. So um, as far as he versus Odell, he versus um, uh, Josh Norman versus Julio. Julio, yeah. Right. Um, Josh Norman versus Dez, who came back off a broken foot as quickly as he could, really soldiered through that game and then the games afterward. And then, you know, you get a guy in the media saying the Cowboys need to get their money back. It's just, yeah. I, look, that really, I, I don't like that kind of stuff, but you know, against those guys, just keep this in mind. He is not playing Revis ball. He's not playing Patrick Peterson ball. He's not playing Joe Hayden ball. I mean, they'll put Joe Hayden on Antonio Brown and let him have at it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, imagine being in that position. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> you know, so let's not compare them to those guys. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm repeating myself because this gets me fired up. But that's, yeah. I, I guess we can but wrap up. But I think you said it all. I think you said it all, Scout. I think we covered and I think we drove our point into what we were trying to do here. And uh, oh, maybe opened some eyes and hopefully changed some thought processes. Yep. And again, he, Josh Norman, the, the final thing on him, he's an uh, he's a... Zone outside shade uh, corner, um, really a cover two corner, uh, but they do mix in cover three and things like that. Um, when he is in man to man, which is so rare, he has help over the top. Um, and a lot of the man to man looks I saw were inside the 20 because you don't have to worry about the, the, the deep ball there. He was in man in the red zone um, at a higher rate. So a lot of those man looks were there. And also, um, obviously, you'll get a little bit more man when when they blitz. Right. Right. But his man, even when he's in man, his man is not equivalent to the other guys we've been talking about. It's not the same. Right. Yeah. So we'll wrap right. it up there. Um, I know it's playoff time. It is but, playoff time. And we have not talked about the playoffs and we probably won't much. And I'll kind of GM, I'll kind of tell the folks I'm not a big playoff guy, as you know. Yeah. Um, and and look no further than <laughs> last night's game between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh to inform you as to why I'm not a big playoff guy. Right. Yeah, I think it's just a fluky way to an- analyze who's the best. I, you know, it's <laughs> it just ridiculous. It's, yeah. It's, just because you win doesn't make you better. And in any one-and-done format, whether it be the NCAA tournament or the NFL playoffs, I just don't. Yeah, it's a one and done. Yeah, it's just right. I mean, can you really say the Steelers are better than the Bengals? No. Can you really say that? No. 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 So when we get into those areas, I'm just not a huge fan. And so it's nothing to analyze there to me. It's just not. Yeah, it's not not much to look at. It's more of an entertainment thing for you know people to to eliminate teams to break it down to two to have a Super Bowl to make billions of dollars in advertising and. Yeah, all that yeah. good stuff. We, and, we like the, and, the meat and potatoes more, right, GM? Yeah, absolutely. I, I and like my play gets a little sloppy. You know, it gets sloppy in the playoffs and things like that. Um, another game that comes to mind just very quickly was the was that last year the Seattle Green Bay or was that was that thir- 2013? Um, no, that that was last year. Yeah. yeah, where you had um, Russell Wilson who's playing great football now, um, but really, what a four interception game really played some of the worst quarterback I've seen against yeah. Green Bay, and they ended up pulling that game out. Yeah, onside and, kick comes to right. mind at the end. Of the, automatically, you get Russell Wilson is a clutch play. You know, people forget the how in the context. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, we anoint people based on it. So that, that's why I'm not huge on the playoffs. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be. Everyone enjoy Absolutely. My Vikings are playing, but I have no emotional attachment to it. So. <laughs> let's wish the GM luck, everyone. Let's let's hope the Vikings, you know, and, and, and Mother Nature can give them a boost against the Seahawks today. Seahawks, yeah. I don't yeah. feel great about it, but we'll see. Yeah, we, Whatever yeah. happens, happens, and I will no, no longer shed tears. <laughs> okay, so GM, I'm done. Yep. Um, how about you? I'm done. Until cool. next time. Yep, we'll wrap it up here. And guys, enjoy the games. Guys and girls, enjoy the games. And we'll get back to you next time. 
We'll see you later. Listen to Connoisseurs of Sport every Monday at DailyDynamic.com.